0: Hey, good morning. Glad to see you here today. Hey, listen, this morning, we want you to take a big breath. It's 11 days before Christmas. We want you just to kind of go ahead, inhale. Now exhale. We all know the news that's going around. We all know the situation in the economy. We all understand the dynamics of the culture and the world globally that we now live in. We have a wonderful opportunity today just to come and be in the Lord's presence on this day and in this place. And my prayer is that you'll take advantage of that. Today you'll have a couple of unique experiences. One is a parent, as a family, you'll have an opportunity to worship together that doesn't happen a lot here because we have wonderful children's ministries on Sunday mornings and Pioneer Club on Wednesday nights and so for the next two Sundays today and next Sunday our children's church will be in with us and that'll be a that'll be a huge blessing the second is we're gonna have a birthday offering for Jesus and if this is your first kinda of Christmas services with us instead of passing the offering plate around to you We ask you to come, just as the wise men did and others, we ask you to come and present your gifts uh, to Christ in in one of the four mangers uh, that'll be down front. You don't have to participate in this. You can feel free to sit and watch. We'll have ushers come later and dismiss from front front to back and a message and great singing is just a lot of great stuff that you're going to experience today. But there are special needs in our church uh, as we've gathered in the Lord's house today. And I uh, would just like for you to bow your heads and close your eyes for just a moment. And, uh, and we want to pray for uh, a couple of folks uh, and families. We want to pray for um, Dave and Donna, Daylin and um, ask God's blessings and provision there. Uh, and I don't know if a lot of you heard or not, but Mike and Stephanie Lucas um, lost their child uh, this week. And so that's just been real heart wrenching. Uh, for the family. And so would just like for you to remember them in your prayers as well. The holiday season's are a time, really, when there's a lot of loneliness and isolation, as well as a lot of family joy. And uh, so we want to pray for that. Would you bow your heads and let's pray, please? Our Heavenly Father, I want to thank you so very much for the joy and the privilege of knowing you as our Lord and Savior. And sometimes we get so busy with the frantic pace of Christmas... Just the going and the coming and the gift-giving, and, and, and sometimes we just leave Jesus out of the whole deal. And Father, my prayer is we just kind of take a break this morning and go, what in the world is going on? And, uh, and allow you to speak to our hearts. Comfort those families that need your touch today. Encourage their hearts. And Father, more than anything else, my prayer is that on this day in your house, with your people and, and friends of your people. Father, I pray that it's a day where our hearts are challenged, our hearts are encouraged, and we're blessed to, uh, to be here together. So God, do in our service what only you as King of Kings and Lord of Lords can do. And we'll thank you and we'll praise you in Jesus' name. And together we all say, Amen.
1: Honey, you uh, he haven't set the table yet.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna get on it in a minute. I was, I was putting the last touches on the major scene here. Billy's too old to do it this year, and besides, every time he does it, the wise men always end up in some sort of ninja scene with the shepherds. Okay,
2: the O'Briens are coming over in 10 minutes. And you mean to tell me all you're worried about is ninja shepherds?
0: Right, right. I'll get right on it. You know, something's missing here, though. Do you know where Jesus went? Well, I hope he doesn't show up at this
2: house tonight, because he won't have a place to sit.
0: (sighs) Hey, Billy! Billy! Hey! Hey, son! Hey! Hey, Dad. Last year you put away the manger scene. Do you know where Jesus went? Can you tell me what Christmas gift I'm getting? Because uh, if I'm getting Metro Blasters, I want to go over Billy's house because Danny always gives me the secrets for that game. But if I'm getting Call of Duty, I want to go over Billy's house because Danny gives all of me the secrets. So uh, can you tell me which game I'm getting? Where Jesus is? I don't know where Jesus is, Dad. I didn't know he was missing. Can you tell me what game I'm getting now? It's not a big deal, I'm gonna get it in 10 days anyways. I'll show you, watch. Wow, Dad, this is the best gift ever, thanks. Now, can you tell me what gift I'm getting? (laughs) This is the worst 10 days before Christmas ever.
2: Table, set, now. O'Brien soon.
0: In a second, I'm still looking. Ah! What? My hair has gone ballistic.
1: (laughs) The O'Briens are going to be here. Any minute, and I look like the unbindable snowman from Rudolph.
0: (laughs) But my teeth look better than his. I got mine fixed. What? It's important. Have you seen Jesus? What are you talking about? From the manger scene. Got put away last year, and I just can't find Jesus. Jesus is nowhere in this house. Well, I hope he shows up soon, because i need a miracle on this hair, a parting of the brunette feet. Just forget it, you don't understand. Ugh!
2: <sighs> the souffle is burnt. Our dinner is ruined. Our evening is ruined. Christmas is ruined. <laughs> I'm just gonna call the O'Briens on the cell phone and just tell them to pr- get it.
0: We've all felt like that family, haven't we? I mean, just a hectic pace, and you just kind of go around and you go, know, where is Jesus in all of this? Matter of fact, a couple of lines in there I really thought were great because, man, we don't even have a place for Jesus in our home uh, much anymore because of the frantic pace at Christmas. I think we can all kind of relate to the family, can't we? You know, just kind of there and just different kind of issues that are that are going on wrapped up in a whirlwind of activity and don't have a clue where jesus is and all of it today i'd like to talk to you about what in the world is going on here what in the world is going on here or if you're from the south what in the world's going on here all right When uh, there's a leadership axiom that tries to describe three kinds of people in the world. There's the people that can sense when things are about to happen. There are people who know when something happens. And then there's people who don't have a clue what just happened. All right? And I think you can kind of see that a little bit in that last skit. Jesus is eight days old. And according to the custom of the day, it was the day that the Jewish children had to be presented to the priests in the temple. In Luke 2... There were shepherds who knew what was going to happen or what just happened. In Luke chapter 2, verses 10 through 14 says, And the angel said unto them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. Today in the house of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find the baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, glory to the God in the highest and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. See, they had heard from God, it was a a new day. 400 years of silence from God had been broken. And this would signify a new promise, a new covenant from God to Israel and all the nations and, and peoples of the world. Because Christ, the Son of God, God in flesh, had now come to earth, and the angels had heralded his coming, and now there could be peace, now there could be grace, now there could be forgiveness, now you don't need an animal sacrifice to appease the holiness and the love of God. Now Christ, the God in flesh, has come to die for the sins of the world. Man, that is like great news, isn't it? the shepherds knew what just had just happened but as mary and joseph took jesus to the temple i'm sure that people stopped as we all do you've seen me do that around here man if there is a baby in the building i just kind of gravitate to that baby don't i man i feel it's my moral obligation to wake your children up if they're sleeping you know it's great when I come to you with your child, I love it because you look at me and they go, "Please don't wake my baby up! Please don't wake my baby up!" And I go, "But your baby wants to see me really bad." <laughs> I am sure when Mary and Joseph took Jesus to the temple that day, just like all of us, make a fuss and we oo and all at the preciousness of life and the and and the beauty of a newborn. I am sure that people kind of gave a glance and. And Mary and Joseph, while carrying Jesus, walked by many who would be called religious, devout, and dedicated. But they didn't have a clue what was going on there. I'm sure they had to walk by priests and scribes and temple workers and greeters and and coffee and donuts out in the foyer. and, and, And that crowd was just too busy to realize it was the very Son of God that Mary was holding in their arms. The Savior of the world was right in the presence, and I'm sure that Mary would have let almost anyone kiss the forehead of the Messiah, but everybody was too busy. Everybody had their own agenda. Their lives were so crowded, and the Son of God was right
3: there, right there.
0: But no one had a clue what was going on. But there does seem to always be a few who can sense when God's up to something, when, when God's about to do something, and when something Godlike is about to happen. One such person is Simeon. Part of his story continues in Luke chapter 2. Pick it up at verse 25 in your Bibles. Now, there was a certain man in Jerusalem called Simeon. He was righteous and devout, he was waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Christ. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. When the parents brought in the child, Jesus, to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him, that's Jesus, in his arm and praised God, saying, by the way, Simeon understood clearly what was going on sovereign Lord as you have promised you now dismiss your servant in peace for my eyes have seen your salvation which you have prepared in the sight of all people a light for the revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel the child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him it's an incredible picture Simeon was a righteous man, a a devout man, and he knew what was going on. He didn't talk to the shepherds. No angels appeared to him. Just a simple promise by the Holy Spirit years before that Simeon would not die until he saw the consolation of Israel. Now, we don't really understand that phrase, consolation of Israel. Most of the time when we say consolation, we think of second place, third place, like a consolation game or a consolation prize. That's not the picture and imagery at all. When Simeon would say, and he he would quote in Luke 2 from Isaiah 45 and 49 about the consolation of Israel, he was talking about the ultimate of all hope. He was talking about the only answer to every question. He was not talking about another man, but he was talking about the Son of God coming in flesh So that there would be hope for the world again And so when Simeon there in the temple Whose heart certainly had to be discouraged Whose heart certainly had to be depressed Whose heart certainly thought, well this is just another day That I have to go to the temple and offer prayers to God And offer prayers on behalf of the people And maybe help counsel a person or two and, And encourage some in the way Simeon knew that God was gonna do something. But man, what I want you to understand, what I want you to understand, for the first time in this man's life, he felt the stirring of God, or in a long time, he felt the stirring of God, a revival of faith in his soul, a fresh wind from heaven, why? Not because there was a new political party in Rome, not because there was an economic bailout in Jerusalem, But he felt hope in his heart because he was hanging on and he was holding a child who was the Christ child, who was not only the Holy Son of Mary, but he was the only begotten Son of God. And the hope of the world does not rest in politics. The hope of the world does not rest in economics, philosophy, or or philanthropy. The hope of the world rests clearly and is centered in Jesus Christ, the Son of God Almighty. Matter of fact, that's what the whole Christmas season is about. It is a day set aside to honor hope that Christ brings and the grace that Christ brings and the forgiveness of sin that many of us have experienced in this room because Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, born of a Virgin Mary, was born in a manger. Angels sang his glory, but he came to have a relationship with you. See, Simeon knew what was going on. Simeon knew that that he would uh, that Jesus Christ had come. Salvation was brought. Simeon knew that salvation had come to Israel. Salvation means deliverance, redemption, saving, liberating. It had it had national implications. For the nation of Israel. Jesus Christ had come to fulfill the promise of God in the Old Testament. Remember what the verse said? For the glory to to your people Israel. The message of hope and deliverance was first to and for God's chosen people. The nation of Israel. The descendants of Abraham all the way back in Genesis chapter 12. The message of hope and deliverance. Was there, but it wasn't limited to the people of Israel. The Bible clearly teaches, both in the Old and the New Testament, that salvation has prepared, has been prepared in the sight of all people. Hey, listen, Jesus is just not a Jewish thing. Jesus Christ came to not only be the Savior and Messiah of Israel; he came to be the Savior and Messiah of the entire world. Jews and Gentiles black and white olive and brown it doesn't matter skin tone or racial divides Jesus Christ has come the Bible says for God so loved the entire world that he gave his only begotten son that if any man regardless of social economic status race, creed, color irregardless of any of that if we believe on Jesus Christ we will have everlasting life with him Man, I'm telling you, Jesus is all about this relationship with you. Because you see, not only did he come for Israel and, and come for the peoples of all the world. So what do you so, so do you know what God's doing in this whole salvation thing? God gave his son Jesus as the greatest gift ever to be given to the world to help us make peace with God. You say, peace with God? I'm not fussing with God. You don't have to. The Bible says you were born with sin and into sin, and because of that, you're a sinner. And because that you are a sinner, you are at odds, you are at the polar opposites of where God is. God is holy, and if you have sin in your heart, you're not. God is loving, and if you don't know his forgiveness of sin, it's hard for you to know that full expression of love. And one day God will judge you because of the sinfulness of your soul. But the good news of Christmas... Is that there's hope for Israel. There's hope for the entire world. And praise God, there's hope for you. That you can have peace with God because Jesus Christ came, born of the Virgin Mary, a carpenter of Joseph, angels sang his glory, shepherds came, wise men came from afar. But always before him was the cross. Where he would die and, and atone for and pay for your sins. See, Jesus helps you make peace with God by taking all the bad things, the sinful things that you've ever done. And, and made a once and for all reconciliation, a once and for all payment for you to God for all of those sinful things. Simeon knew what was going on. It was the consolation of Israel. It was a light to you and I who are Gentiles. It is peace and their fire brings glory to God. See, it is only your personal relationship with Jesus Christ that allows you to experience forgiveness of sin, the grace of God, and peace with God. See, Simeon knew what was going on. Do you have a clue what's going on? Simeon got it. He saw the Christ child and cradled him in his arms and said, I can die in peace. Because today... Today, salvation has come. And it wasn't the next hottest preacher out there. It wasn't the next Beth Moore book or K. Arthur book or Charles Swindoll book. He was holding the very Son of God in his arms. Do you have a clue what's going on here? Right now... The God of this universe wants to have a personal relationship with you on the basis of your relationship to his son. See, if your relationship with God isn't what it should be, fix it. If you can say that you believe in Jesus, but you haven't started a personal relationship with him through the experience of grace and forgiveness of sin then get it. Don't be clueless. Know what's going on. This whole business about Christmas is not so that we can run around and try to figure where Jesus is in all of this. It's so that we can have peace with God. It's so that we can have forgiveness of sin. It's so that when everything seems all around us to be crumbling beneath us, we have a hope, we have something to hang on to when times are tough and even when times are blessed. Would you bow your heads and would you close your eyes for just a moment? And maybe you're here today and you just need a quiet moment to tune that relationship up with Jesus Christ. I'm not talking about how many times you pray and if you've read your Bible. I'm talking about do you cradle that Christ child close to your heart like Simeon did? Do you have peace in your heart that that Simeon did? See, that's what Christmas is all about. It's not about the tree or reindeer or Christmas dinner. It's about God providing a way so that you could have peace with God. So I wonder, with nobody looking around, man, this is just kind of like a personal invitation, offering response time. And I wonder if you'd just be honest and say, Pastor, would you pray for me? Man, I am really just struggling in this whole area of peace right now. With God. Doesn't matter what's going on in your life, around your life. God wants you to have peace. He said, my peace I give to you. My peace I leave with you. And so nobody's looking around. and wonder if you just raise your hand quietly and say, Pastor, just would you just pray for me? I'm just kind of struggling in that whole area of my relationship with God. Thank you so much, Amelia. and I appreciate your honesty. Thank you so much. Good news is, is that the consolation of Israel has come. The light of the world has come, and the hope and the peace you need has come, and it's found in Jesus Christ. If you don't have that personal relationship with Jesus. If you would just pray this simple prayer in your heart, dear Jesus, please forgive me of my sins. Thank you for coming that I might have peace with God. Help me to live for you. Now, Everybody just keep your heads bowed for a few more moments. Man, if you prayed that prayer, right there where you sat if you prayed that prayer because you wanted peace with God would you just raise your hand right where you're at nobody's going to embarrass you nobody's going to aggravate you just thank you so much God bless you thank you so much there were several this morning that raised their hands and to that we as a church say amen amen Father, for those that raise their hands, I want to pray for them. Lord, I pray because the next few, today the next few days are so important. I pray that if I could give them any personal advice, it it would be to tell somebody. It may be hard, it may be awkward, because we don't kind of talk about that kind of stuff a lot, but I pray that they tell someone. Tell me after church. Tell their friend share with their family because having peace with you, oh man there is no greater gift that could ever be given than having peace with God I thank you for those that raised their hands and I prayed the prayer to others who are seeking and pursuing that peace with God So, Father, I ask you your blessing and your favor on them. And together we all say, now we're going to kind of do the invitation a little different. We're just going to kind of slide right into the offering because it affords you a time to come and pray. It really does kind of give you a uh, an easy time. If you want to come and kneel at the altar, to pray as a family, to pray with your friends, or just to pray by yourself. If this is your first time here with our birthday offering for Jesus, it's pretty simple. The usher, I mean, they're just going to take their place right now, fellas. They're just going to dismiss a section, a row a time once I leave the stage and say the blessing. And and we just simply invite you, instead of passing the offering plate to you, we're going to bring you to the offering plate and just put your gift, best gift of Christmas in the offering or in the manger. And then I would encourage you, take a few moments with your family. Take a few moments with the Lord and spend time, whether you kneel and pray or just kind of gather off to the side, that's fine. But just take those moments. If you are the, the head of your household, and you have children here today, man, I just encourage you to seize this opportunity to pray with your children. Dad, just take the leadership. If, if dad is not present, then mom or grandma, granddad, somebody just take leadership there and, and, and pray and talk about how good God's been. There's no need to hurry. Would you bow your heads? By the way, you don't have to participate in this if you do not want to. You hear me say that every year. You are, feel feel free to sit and just observe. Byron, after I pray, is gonna sing a song. And then there'll probably be one or two other songs that you'll hear with words up on the screen. In honor and respect for those who will be praying around the altar, please, once you come, just go right back to your seat. And hold that moment of reverence and respect. And allow others that quiet time to pray. Explain to your children what's going on. And then when we're done, we'll all sing together. And finish the rest of the service with song and praise and thanksgiving. Father, Lord, in your most holy name, I want to thank you. Lord, no matter what we put in the, in, in the manger today, it can't even compare to having peace with you through your son, Jesus Christ. Father, my prayer is, Lord, that you bless the giving and the receiving of gifts. But Father, I pray more so that you pray, bless the prayers and the times that moms and dads and children and families will pray together. Seeking God's will and asking God's favor. Renewing commitments to walk with you. So Father, may we just hold the moment in the next few minutes as you speak to our hearts. May this be a blessed time together for us as a church family and for individual families as well. In Jesus' name.
1: give to you, a costly gift so pure, it on you, my Lord, what can I bring to you, what can I sing for you, a simple song of love. I see
4: Give you me. I may not look like much. I know that I need change. I know I need your touch. So take me as I am, place me in your plan. It's where I want to be, Lord. I give you me, Lord. With every breath, I worship you in life, even worship you in.
0: You know for some Christmas isn't quite that season of, of cheer maybe I'm talking to some today and this is a time of sadness for you you may have lost a loved one your home may have gone through the traumatic experience of divorce pain you might be facing the loss of a job an uncertain economic future so we've got a gift for you David, when he wrote Psalm 3, was surrounded by 10,000 enemies. He was on the run from Absalom, his son, off of his own throne. His life was imperable, And yet David sat down and wrote this song somewhere on the run. When life seemed hopeless and helpless, David said, But you are a shield around me, O Lord. You bestow your glory on me, and you lift up my head. To the Lord I cry aloud, and he, and he will answer me.
5: Stand on the side of history after your coming. but there have been generations and generations and generations of people Lord Jesus that were looking forward to your first coming. And you didn't come exactly as all of them thought you would come. A lot of people looking for a kingdom for you to be king right now. And through your word, through the testimony from your lips, you said that your kingdom wasn't of this world. And you began to preach and to teach, Lord Jesus, we want to follow that teaching. We want to listen to that teaching, Lord, of a kingdom that was to come. Where the first would be last. And the last would be first. Least would be the greatest. Greatest would become the servant of them all. And you lived out that kingdom living by being the greatest, but becoming the servant of them all for us. And this morning we say thank you, Jesus Messiah. Thank you for coming. Thank you for not abandoning us and leaving us here with no hope, with no future, because in you we have hope, and in you our future is strong. And we wish to say thank you, Messiah, the Son of God. We give you our lives. For the gift of life that you have given to us, we return, we wrap our lives up, put a bow right on top of us and say for all of our days and even until death, we give you us. I give you me, I give you me, for all my days. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. You guys can be seated.
2: Teenage girl, much too young, unprepared to come, a baby changes everything, not a ring on her head, all her dreams and all her plans, a baby changes everything. A baby changes everything. The man she loves, she's never touched. How will she keep his trust? A baby changes everything. A baby changes everything. And she cried
5: want to invite you back out tonight to hear the children's musical at 6 p.m. You guys are dismissed.